clap because we're all no, <laughs> we're all literally <laughs> all here. You can just all start whenever you like. Hi, and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Darling in the Franks, the uh, anime of the first and second cores of 2018 that no one could stop talking about until the show ended and everyone immediately did. But we're not done talking about it because there's a lot to unpack. My name is Caitlin. I am a staff editor and writer for Anime Feminist, as well as writing for my own website. I have a heroin problem, heroin spelled with an E. And uh, I also write regularly for The Daily Dot. I'm Peter Phobian. I'm an Associate Features Editor at Crunchyroll and a Contributor and Editor at Anime Feminist. I am Natasha. Um, I'm also a writer for the blog Shibiru Daro. Uh, easier word would be, isn't it electrifying? Um, I also sometimes write uh, feature articles for Crunchyroll. So we are all in the same room together right now. <laughs> we, we also have two silent participants. So don't be alarmed if you hear voices. Or yelling. Or yelling. <laughs> Hollering. Because we have faces. Do we, do we want to introduce them as well? So yeah, so that was Mitchie just then. And here in the background, we have Steve Jones from, both of them from Anime News Network This Week in Anime. Oh, I thought you were going to say they're from Twitter. Also from Twitter. Oh, we're I think we're all from Twitter. We are all from Twitter. I live on Twitter. We all have to have fun on Twitter. Okay. Um, so, as I said, we are talking about Darling in the Franks because there's a lot going on in that show. None of it good, really. Honestly, I'd like to thank you for bringing me back uh, to this podcast and also reminding me that Darling Franks existed because it completely like wiped itself off from my, my like. Why my would you brain. thank me for that, though? Well, you know, we get the opportunity to uh, explore many, many of the issues I think this series presented itself <laughs> with. Yeah, it's kind of a unique series because I don't think we normally talk about things that we pretty much all agree were <laughs> bad and should be probably forgotten but the reason for that is there's a lot to unpack and like not in the good way where there's like a lots of deep meanings and stuff like that mm-hmm. there's just like so many problematic ideas in it that like i feel like we need to discuss why it's wrong mm-hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely like just like oh i cannot like i can't not say something about this like i can't just let this lie like layer cake of concern mm-hmm. as opposed to like your average titty anime where it's like well her boobs are all over the place well that's an issue titty anime is good <laughs> thanks Michi. thanks Michi. <laughs> we'll save that for another <laughs> podcast <laughs> we'll we'll have a debate podcast but, i mean fan service is a, a fairly straightforward problem right mm-hmm. like right. or or maybe not a problem depending upon your perspective like if you like <laughs> fan service you watch the series if you don't like fan service you won't like the series there's a lot to talk about in ways that like might sexualize uh certain genders or d- types of people uh but like that's kind of straightforward and mm-hmm. you can talk about that in a more general sense darling and the franks just it's like a spider web <laughs> i'd say it's more like an onion it's like shit the, lasagna there's, there's like yeah. a, there's like an outside layer of just like okay this is this is pretty bad and then you just like keep going and it just keeps getting worse it's just like there are more layers like insidious layers of mm-hmm. like problems it's like that cheese they put into strings and then tie into knots and they sell you just the knot <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? I, no. I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. Uh, all right. That sounds amazing. I'll put the name of that cheese in the show notes. 
Sure. I'm sure it's probably it tastes better than Darling in the Franks. <laughs> so it's cheese, so it's it, delicious. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> so <laughs> um and it's sad because I was at first a little trepidatious about Darling in the Franks, but I thought it had potential to be good. I thought it had yeah. potential to go some really interesting places. And I loved Zero too. Cause like that's just sort of my kind of hero. People who listen regularly will just probably be like, Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> you know, she's she's kind of wild. She doesn't really care about like the rules. And then it turns out it's just like a taming of the shrew sort of thing. Yeah. It was also very misleading in its quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a weird thing to say, but like I remember they never showed the inside of Zero Two in Hero's cockpit for like two to three episodes. And after seeing the orientation of the cockpit with all the other characters, mm-hmm. you're just like, there must be a reason for this. Yeah. So the whole community had convinced itself that uh, Hero 2 was going to be in the receiving position, I guess. But then they finally show the cockpit and it's exactly the same as everybody else's. So you're just like, why did you very I... specifically not show the inside for so long <laughs> if you are going to do nothing with it? Yeah. I think that's like a repeated, that kind of is a summation it's, of the it's, series. It's such a mess. Yeah. It's such a mess of like... So much that it seems like it's going to be going to one place and do something different, and then it doesn't. It just, just drops it. Like, yeah. It, there are a lot of drop concepts. Mm-hmm. There, there are. And I think that that lends itself to a lot of the issues um, Darling in the Franks, pers- I personally had with Darling mm-hmm. in the Franks, is that, you know, you bring up the idea of potential, which is sometimes like a hard word for me to use, because it's like, oh, this is, these are ideas I assign to this show without knowing right. where it's going to lead. And sometimes that's like a mistake on my part. But I feel like Darling the Franks very much sets up a mm-hmm. lot of interesting ideas that you, and then it spends time devoting like to yeah. those ideas mm-hmm. and pushing them in interesting places. And then it's just like a cliff. It's just like a sheer cliff. It just drops and it's never brought up again. Mm-hmm. And I think that really lends to the idea of misplaced, like not misplaced potential, but just like lost potential. Right. I, I think you're you're definitely right there. Another reason that the show is really worth talking about is because it did have a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Like from a t- production standpoint in regards to the animation, the budgets, the talent working on it, the character designs. Uh, the, it's a good looking show. It had oh, Trigger's name on it, which means like half the anime fandom is immediately going to get plugged in. Absolutely. Uh, and then they kind of uh, throw this world at you where, you know, it's kind of like a dystopian future where they're obviously wanting to play with some gender and sexual themes mm-hmm. with Mecca, which has been done very successfully before. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, there's a lot that they could have said and they could have done with what they had. So thematically, it was, it was like uh, very fertile, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, very say, fertile, yeah. much like wow. much <laughs> like Kokoro. Yeah. Yeah, then, so yeah, a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we got what we got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did did it, either of you go to any of the trigger panels this weekend? I did, uh, but they were mainly uh, for Little Witch Academia. Yeah, I went to the Little Witch Academia one. Um, I was just wondering because it's been such a topic of debate, like how much trigger was involved in the production. Because, like, there's that flow chart that someone made. It's like, <laughs> was trigger involved yeah. in this part of the anime? Did you like it? Yes. Trigger was involved. Did you like it? No. Trigger was not involved. Yeah. I think that was Lost Thief. That was Lost Thief. Was that Lost? Okay. But uh, I know Evan Minto. I think he's actually written an article on the subject. If not, you could probably just uh, search Twitter with his handle and Darling of the Franks. I'm sure he's Uh, written about it. I know he's spoken with uh, the people who work at Trigger 
at length regarding their involvement in the project. They were definitely around for a lot of like the, the groundwork, the pre-production stuff mm-hmm. where they're designing the world, the setting, the mechs. They were around for character designs. As far as concept, I think he said that, I can't remember who the, the main writer was, but it was that was somebody at A1. Atsushi Nishigori? Nishigori, yeah, that's Nishigori. it, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the trigger was around after mm-hmm. that, okay. but um, I think it was mainly Nishigori's like brainchild. I mean, I, I definitely, I feel like there are a lot of fingerprints of Trigger in the sense of, like, the setting, the yeah. character mm-hmm. designs, and just the the scope of the world. Like, I mean, there, there are action sequences that are definitely like, oh, that's Imaishi right yeah. there. Like, yeah. It did, I mean, it had the classic Trigger, mm-hmm. uh, there's an enemy, oh, it turns out that's not the enemy, mm-hmm. uh, let's do a Final Battle in Space uh, formula. Yeah, or, the, or transformation, like, mm-hmm. when the... Sirlesia transformed in the first episode. I all when I see Trigger and I see transformation, I think Imaishi. Yeah, Imaishi uh-huh. personally uh, mm-hmm. animated parts of it. Yeah. So yeah, Trigger was involved, but it's really hard to say how much of the writing was them. Apparently, this yeah. is very uh, like sort of common stuff for Nishigori. Mm-hmm. So you could look at Nishigori's past work and maybe make mm-hmm. that assumption. I think I'd rather not. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, uh, I think at, I think at a safe standpoint, it's, it's fair to say that. Animation-wise, technical-wise, like the show looks gorgeous. It's a, it, that's probably mm-hmm. the most consistent thing about the show. Is, yes, is that yeah. from start to end, it looks really nice. Very, very great action scenes. Mm-hmm. Great character animation. Uh, great designs. Great settings. Great layouts, etc. But you know, Sterling production. Yes. yes. Yeah. The yes. one, the the one visual thing was that drove me crazy was they used the dramatic. Dramatic widescreen. Oh, the dramatic letter. Oh, I kind screen. of like that. every episode. <laughs> so, like, I liked it at first, but then they use it every episode. Like, I, I'm, I'm such a sucker for like visual, blo- like visual drama, like, mm-hmm. like very romantic, over dramatic scenes. Mm-hmm. So, like for me, like I didn't personally mind it. I do think it was very funny. That was the only like stylistic visual direction element they really added. It's like they never used any like filters. They were just mm-hmm. like, oh, let's. Let's just add that. It is yeah. worth saying that they definitely did crib a lot of visuals from other popular mecha shows. Oh, yeah. Like Gabe Von Gillian. Steve is smirking in Bell. the background. <laughs> Elf. Just a little. Yeah. If you've watched any other very popular mecha, uh, in the, or mecha anime in the past... Psychosexual will, mecha yeah, yeah, series. You will like <laughs> see extremely familiar shots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's kind of like a first reaction the the community lot right was like a lot of people watched the first episode of Darling the Franks and they were mm-hmm. like it seems very inspired by a lot of very famous mech shows which is yeah. which is there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that I think that's that's great like yeah if, copying stuff is not really looked right. down upon in anime exactly as well. it's, that's usually an homage right and like a, a straightforward because they don't want to hide the fact that it's an homage right right yeah but I think what happens. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like I think one thing that ends up going on is that when you're inspired by something so significant, so influential, but you don't build upon it, um, you it ends up feeling like a wasted reference. Well, I think we've talked a lot about the production. Yeah, so we should yeah, probably that's, get into yeah, the themes. Yeah. So anyway, so going back to um, the whole like wasted ideas and Peter's. I think it was your example that, like, uh, Hero and Zero Two in the cockpit. <laughs> cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> we're 
gonna have a lot of sexual jokes in here, I guess. Um, no, I'll try to try to keep it classy. No, I won't. Let's be real. It's, it's throwing in the frames. Let's be real. Um, that is that's a really good example of something where it looks like they are going to leading to something interesting, leading to something different. You know, like it leading to like really setting up, making it look like they're going to mess around with gender expectations and gender roles in some way. Absolutely. And then they just revert right back to the default. And it was so, like, insulting, like, because it was just like, oh, he was just wasn't confident enough. Oh, oh, now he's doing it. And he's like, oh, it feels so good. Oh, it feels so amazing. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, my God. jokes when he couldn't pilot. Oh. I mean, I feel like if, if we're going to tackle, like, gender, mm-hmm. uh, gender tropes as a concept across you know, the whole show, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of examples of that, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. obviously a hero, and Zero Two, mm-hmm. then there's some of the side characters. Right, like, um, Mitsuru. Mitsuru, right? Mitsuru is, like, a really good example. Um, then there's, there's the lesbian girl. Ikuno. Ikuno. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like the only good example of a, actually a very solid heterosexual relationship was between, what's, what's her name? What's the girl with the, the red hair? Oh, uh, Miku. Miku. Miku and Zorome. Zorome, right? Like, they were actually, like, <laughs> yeah, a no. solid couple. I actually, like, and, yeah, they were probably the most functional couple in the series, <laughs> even though he says rude shit about her. Like, oh, yeah. she's cute when she's not talking. Yeah. And then she would, you know, like, she would, like, call him out, and she'd be like, man, you're, you're, you're like, a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, I really liked Hero and Zero Two at the start. And yeah, fact, me too. Even yes. deep into the series, like, maybe... Just at this certain point, they passed from being, like, a really charming couple into, like, this weird, like, they're, like, the most in love people could possibly be. Mm-hmm. So they just sort of, like, statically six next to each other and kind of, like, talk, talk about, about how great each other are. Yeah. With, like, and, like, with as much physical contact as possible. Like, when they're going up the elevator, they're just like, are you going to love me forever? And he's like, of course. If I were to leave, would you come get me? Yes, me too. <laughs> and that, that was, like, the content That's... of all of their conversations right. that yeah. point. And yeah. there was just nothing left. Like, I remember... Uh, I think the last time I really thought, like, damn, why are they still a cute couple? This sucks. Uh, was uh, <laughs> when she had that, that flower thing in her hair, mm-hmm. and he was oh, staring yeah. at her, and she said, like, stop staring at me, and he goes, oh, but you're so pretty, and she goes, okay, you can stare. And <laughs> yeah, I, that I was is like, cute. Okay. I was like, that's, I was like, shit, that's cute. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, at a certain point, even they just kind of like faded. Mm-hmm. It's such an adolescent idea of what love is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's. When you're in love, all you want to do is sit there and talk about how in love you are. Right. Like, and that's, like, and not how it is, but, like, you know, that's, yeah. like, a, such a teenage relationship thing. And if, like, they had not presented it as, like, oh, no, this is actually the... And, again, like, they... It's, like, maybe they'll be... They'll do something with this because it's such a... Sh- obvious, such... So obviously such a shallow relationship but no it is really is the greatest and truest love mm-hmm. where all they do is sit there and talk about how much they love each other i think you bring up a really good point i actually discussed this a little bit previously with emily uh aj the Rand, uh, aj rand the rand um, AJ the fourth aj the fourth <laughs> emily rand yeah. uh on twitter and she was mentioning how it's kind of ironic how hero and zero two end up in such an intensely unhealthy codependent relationship and how that's actually a lot of like people's first love or mm-hmm. first relationships and teenage relationships right because like right. you believe like you found your soulmate and like they're everything that completes you and 
In this really weird, ironic way, Darling in the Franks kind of portrays and shows that extremely unhealthy code codependency uh, between the two in the latter half of the show. And one of the best things about Darling in the Franks, I probably, this is probably the only good thing I want to say about Darling in the Franks, I don't know the <laughs> animation, but is a really good segment at the very end where Goro specifically calls out Hiro being extremely selfish and just thinking of Zero Two all the time, mm -hmm. but like clearly all of his friends are like having a really rough time in that in that period of the anime, and he's like, this this is all you think about, you just like, you think about Zero Two, and that's like your entire life. I thought that was like such a good call out. But then they walk it back. But then they walk it back. They always walk it back. <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, another th aspect of their relationship that I really disliked. I mean, I guess the mm -hmm. relationship was fine, but Zero Two was an. Ex extremely inconsistent character oh absolutely mm -hmm. uh, especially when it came to uh like this out of nowhere desire to become human mm -hmm. uh, which was sort of introduced in around the halfway point i guess yeah. well that was her whole like she remembered that was her whole motivation yeah, before, forever was before, like she wanted to be human for him literally right? didn't care uh i i was actually hoping they would lean into something where she's just like hey you want to run away or something like that yeah because it seemed like i mean why would she say that if she said oh if i kill enough claxosaurus i'll become human and she given up yeah never explained at a certain point she like pushed hero away mm -hmm. um because she thought she was a monster and then they reconcile and then she does it again and then they reconcile mm -hmm. and then in the last episode she does uh, or like when she turns into a mech she does it again and like leaves her body behind or whatever because she doesn't wants him to be safe and then he has to chase her into space and they just reconcile again yeah uh, and eventually he'll just become a vestigial little like nerve center like the claxosaurus did yeah under underground but I, I remember when she started freaking out it just seemed so crazy that she was suddenly doing that out of nowhere because that was right after they found out that they were the the childhood connection yes. right yeah. and then suddenly she still like starts like self-harming yeah or mm -hmm. no, no wait did that happen just before that I just remember was she was, like, happy with Hero, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She said, like, oh, cool, I'm, like, happy where I am. Mm -hmm. And then she starts self-harming. I mean, I mean, it repeated, so even if that wasn't before the childhood thing, mm -hmm. that was literally the same pattern before yeah. and after. Uh, and then she suddenly decides that I'm going to be a monster, mm -hmm. so this isn't going to work or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, like, I don't know. There was nothing, there was no evidence of that beforehand. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in direct conflict with her characterization in, like, the end of the last episode. Uh, I don't know. It just yeah, that no. kind of shit all the time. It's just, yeah, she's super inconsistent. Like, it just it just felt like such a like low level taming of the shrew sort of thing. Yeah, I would say like, really high level taming. Well, of the shrew. I I say low level because it's like taming of the shrew. He tames her through like beating the shit out of her, whereas the hero tames her by I don't know being, being kind being, to her, being kind and kind of boring because yeah. hero has never been anything but boring. Yeah. And then he took his boring disease and he infected her yeah. with it. Yeah. He was like if a, a boring vacuum. were an STD. Well, he gave it to her. It implies a lot, right? Like, it implies, first of all, that, like, women, and especially right. like, through the symbolism of the stamen and pistol, it's like, women are supposed to be very submissive. Like, that's right. a natural relationship, mm -hmm. a funny romantic relationship, which is just, like, an absolute no. The second thing is, like, Zero Two is her her nature of being wild, of being eccentric, of being someone It's who, because she doesn't have a good man. It's because, yes, because... She first of all, it was it was an aspect of, of being a demon or being mm -hmm. a, like part claxosaur. But like you said, it's mm -hmm. it's something that needs to be cured. Right. And Every like, wild yeah. woman just needs a good man right. to cure her. Um, 
Also, they tie that to humanity, and I think we should probably maybe, yeah. like, loop around to uh, the idea of gender essentialism, like, through that, uh, yeah. because there, it, the idea of being human was necessarily being a man or a woman and uh, reproducing. And making babies, which yeah. is so dumb to me, because mm-hmm. making babies is not what makes us human. No. Making, like, the desire to reproduce is what makes us just like every single other animal out there it makes and, you alive and that's it, that's what you're right yeah. like it, it makes you alive because living beings like humans are the exception because we are so like be, because we have like such so much more advanced concepts than just the drive to reproduce like Absolutely. and that's what makes us different from the animals mm-hmm. like being able to look at reproduction and decide no, I don't want it. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Is what makes us different from the other animals. Making babies is not what keeps our humanity right. Yeah. And uh, even within the context of the show, it really couldn't tell us why mm-hmm. that was important beyond just like that's how it works right now, right? Because like mm-hmm. you, they show you like the the people right uh, where Zorome uh, falls and meets that one woman, mm-hmm. and it's obviously she's like her and her husband have this like sense of ennui, but it, there's no explanation for like why they would be that way. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, they don't really tie their happiness to the fact that they were man or woman before or that they had children or that they could reproduce before. It's just, like, they don't have that anymore and therefore sad. Right, which yeah. is a very common theme in in stories about where people are immortal. It's like, oh, being immortal kind of actually sucks because you get bored. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's a very common thing. Like, why tie it to babies? Well, well I think, I mean, they the idea was to tie it to babies. You just literally can't actually yeah, identify like, why right. so it just comes across as empty and vapid i think uh, it also and i'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not too well qualified to talk about this in, in depth maybe you guys could probably lend a hand but my understanding was that it's probably some political or social commentary yes. on the dwindling po- population of there was right. a joke that the anime had been commissioned by abe to oh. help with their yeah. population. <laughs> every yeah. so often you right. see just a picture of kokoro with like a an image of abe like superimposed oh, over yeah. her like god got the symbol of, uh, what is it, Liberal Democratic Party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, and then they, they even within the context of the show, it, like, does not sort of self-explain mm-hmm. this, because the show, in its own way, tries to, and we're going to get to how bad this was later on, oh, yeah. but I think the show thinks that it was treating Ikuno well, um, <laughs> no, despite That's the fact cute. that she was gay, yeah. uh, which in the context of the show basically meant that she was inhuman. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and ill. Yeah, and how can you yeah. explain that once again? But unlike Zero Two, who is heterosexual, her illness can be cured because she's a lesbian. Yeah. So I, I, essentially, she. But they don't treat her any differently. No. And she's not portrayed as being any less capable of happiness than the mm-hmm. rest of them. I think they like try to give her kind of a happy ending, despite the fact that it, by the own internal logic of the show, she should be incapable of happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And by extension, every single gay person, or even right. somebody who just is sterile, or mm-hmm. yeah, yes. for some biological reason can't reproduce, all of them should be incapable of happiness according to the internal logic of the show. But yeah, yeah it can never display it. The show uh, doesn't have a lot of internal logic, yeah. to, be sure, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, another part of it, what even it, even at its own convenience, mm-hmm. it sort of defied that. We were talking about the stamen pistol situation, and it was saying women can't be pistols or uh, stamens. Women can't be stamens uh, because who knows? Yeah. Um, but then the ninth later on, 
the women right. are stamens, and they don't bother explaining it. They don't really. I mean, it's implied that they're mm-hmm. kind of different, but not in such a way that well, any of that matters. They're clones of zero too, which is not how cloning works. Like they're different genders yeah. than her, and they look different. From they're supposed her, to be more androgynous, right? Yeah, but they're they, supposed to be, and they and they specifically give a speech. It's like, oh, you want to go back to the gender stuff? Man, is so much better without that. And you're supposed to disagree with them. And I'm just like, yeah, it is, yeah. it is better without gender roles. But you're supposed to agree with Kokoro, who's like, no, men and women are different, and we should celebrate it being different because that means we can make babies. Yeah, but even if you really, like, look at their situation, though, it looks like they were specifically, they, and by extent, I think most of the children Mm -hmm. are discouraged from showing any sort of uh, gendered behavior, or uh, they're basically supposed to just be as non-gendered as possible, even though the fact that they are boys and girls is the defining aspect that lets them pilot the mechs that they're using. Mm -hmm. So it's like, uh, we're really good at this because we were genetically designed to be androgynous, even though the only thing that allows people to pilot mechs is being men and women and, and pairing up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a lot of conflicting ideas. Yeah. And it, it, it results in like a very large confusion of like what the show is trying to say, if it's trying to say anything at all. Um, which is why like when these, these episodes happen, I was like, I don't, so I don't understand what your stance on sexuality is. I don't understand your stance on sex. Like, like you keep swapping sides and mm-hmm. in, in being in committal, like you're, you're only, you're basically like just saying, well, it is what it is, and, like, you know, we're just going to stick with what we know, a.k.a. gender basics. So I guess mm-hmm. that's our stance. And you're just like, well, why why, why bring up a counter-argument in the first place? Right. You know? And it's such, like, a very basic idea. Like, it, it is... The, the way that they depict gendered behavior is, like, so, like, you know, it, it, it very much assumes that, like, the way things are now is the natural order. Right. Like, you know the fact, like uh, you know, I wrote I wrote this article about like the the episode with the boys versus girls thing. It's like if they're being raised and they have no concept of sex, like why would the girls be embarrassed at the boys seeing them? Oh yeah, that was another problem. Like apparently they were they. Uh, I mean, so they were both supposed to be an experiment where they were allowed to express gender, right? But also it was very clear that they were told that uh, they had said that they were denied knowledge of so many things. Mm-hmm. But also, like they, love. they were clearly expressing those concepts all the time as if they had been culturated in the modern yeah, day. Yeah, like because yeah, they that's... were just like the difference between boys and girls. You know, mm-hmm. like that's just how it is. Like oh yeah, they, I, you, know, they, you were told that by somebody. Come on, where did you get that idea right. from? Right, like this, yeah. that this is like this stuff is learned like. And, like, girls learn, like, girls learn to feel ashamed when people say them naked. Like, boys learn that women's bodies are sex, like, inherently sexual in all contexts. Right. Like, this is not something that is natural. Like, this is not something that is just, is going to spring fully formed with a bunch of kids who have no concept of sex, who have no, like, who don't have as much of a concept of gender roles. Like, but they present it as this. Like, it's, it's insulting. Honestly, it's really insulting. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't write this on the note, show notes, but uh, I guess it might be worth talking about Ichigo. Uh, oh, did uh, did she end up getting together with Goro? Yeah. She was pregnant at the end. Uh, so. Oh, that's right. Because babies, because everyone, because everyone had to get together I, and make babies. I knew that was going to happen, and I was so pissed off at that idea because uh, it basically it was showing a, a double standard as well. Be, and, and specifically, there was even a negative fan reaction to this, because mm. episode 14, where mm. Ichigo 
was pretty sure that Zero Two was gonna like rip Hiro's head off, so she was trying to keep her away from him. Oh right, and yeah. people were saying horrible like, things. Kill Ichigo or yeah. kill yeah. Or shit like that. Mm. Um, yeah, they were getting death threats. Um, so that's, I mean, there's probably a lot to unpack there, but uh, we'll keep it to the show. But uh, <laughs> Don't need to go into the fandom. Basically, uh, uh-huh. a lot of those arguments sort of came down to the idea that uh, Hiro didn't owe Ichigo anything because, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, he was obviously in love with Zero Two. He made his decision. She just needed to live with it. But uh, on the same coin, they, or the other side, of, I don't know how that saying works, whatever, however the saying works, uh, Goro was constantly at Ichigo's side and supporting her and stuff and people said well he's been there the whole time he's helping you out why don't you just you know love him because he's a good guy mm-hmm. uh, so it's basically exactly the same dynamic Ichigo has to Hiro Goro has to Ichigo but for some reason uh, Goro has earned Ichigo's love whereas mm-hmm. Ichigo needs to accept that Hiro yeah. does not love her well that's because they can sympathize with Goro but not with Ichigo exactly because yeah. girls are icky yeah mm-hmm. It's it's I have complicated feelings on Ichigo because on one hand I think she possibly is the best result of a lot of the quirks and personalities that Zero Two ended up losing. She's mm-hmm. willing to fight for what she believes in. She rebels against the rules mm-hmm. eventually. So I think she she does embody a lot of interesting aspects. Yeah. But once again, because her arc is solely devoted to being like the third wheel or the the, the the love interest or not the love interest or that you know hero is the love interest for her and it's just focused on that aspect none of those other aspects are explored she's yeah no her her arc is entirely defined by her relationship with the boys around her exactly i would say she's like narratively the most interesting character but yeah Mm -hmm. pretty much all of her subplots are undermined at some point yeah like uh her struggle to be a leader was probably the most biggest sort of intellectual conflict that any of them had Mm -hmm. uh, because this was or I should say emotional I guess that like because this was a constant struggle for her Mm -hmm. and that was kind of a cool feature of her character until you learned that Hiro used to be the leader Mm -hmm. and it just came naturally to him because people followed him so she was struggling to do something that Hiro could do literally without any effort at all right and god like when they're like oh Hiro is such a natural leader and like he's so charismatic everyone just wants I'm like really that boring yeah, I mean, well, and it, and it connected pretty much every single uh, relationship that it connected back to their childhood because somebody had done something for somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like a larger theme in anime that I'm really not very comfortable with. No. It, it seems like love almost always kind of results from a favor or something that somebody said, something, somebody did this great thing for me and at that moment I loved them, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't like that sort of like transactional uh, love right. that is very common in anime. But in this series it was very, it was literally... Like, you, if somebody liked somebody, you could trust that there would be a flashback to when they were kids, mm-hmm. and that person did something for that person. Yeah. And I think that's kind of... It's it's complicated, because I understand that sentiment. Once again, I don't feel, like, at least from an Indian perspective, one thing I've always empathized with very deeply in anime is the the bonds of, of familial love. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether that's that's you know, separated into, like, romantic love or, like, platonic love is, is something that's very different. But um, I think it's less of favors and it's more of, like, none of these children... Which, once again, I don't think Darling and the Franks explained very well, but it's just something I always kind of acknowledge is that a lot of these kids didn't have families. They only had each other. So mm-hmm. something I wish maybe Darling and the Franks could have explored is this interconnected relationship of family, yeah. um, which... 
it's it's kind of just like glossed over right they're like oh like we're just mm-hmm. best friends we're just you know we that's all we have is each other um but in a show like i'll bring up um nagino asakara um there is a similar relationship between all of these people who are also trying to fight romantic relationships or they mm-hmm. find that you know they like someone who they consider a part of their family for a very long time but one thing i really like about nagiasu that darling in the franks never does is that there's just um oh yeah since not every every uh site uses the japanese oh, title yes, if you want to use give the english uh, title just a lull in the sea. i think it's called a lull in the sea yeah yeah okay um which you can watch on Country Roll. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, one of the things I really like about that show is that it balances the idea of romantic relationships with familial relationships. Like you can have both, mm-hmm. right? Whereas Darling the Franks is like, well, if this girl is paired with this guy, then this guy has to be paired with this girl. Mm-hmm. And I guess the lesbian doesn't really get anyone because the there's no one left. The lesbian gets with the fat kid. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, and it's just like wait, you. No, like you can you can have both, right? Like you can and once again that's something I wish that was explored more in Darling in the Franks. Maybe um, uh it's worth talking about well, there's two gay characters. Oh yes. actually. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh man, oh, yeah. Mitsuru. Mitsuru, yeah. And just Boy did that piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was I don't really know if there was a resol- resolution to Mitsuru. I know he uh, very uh, obviously loved Hiro. Oh yeah. And then it then, then and then vanished. I literally don't know what happened. He just, he just like, <laughs> he found the right woman. Kokoro kept saying "I love you" until he just decided that maybe he should be straight. Well, uh, you know, happened. you know how we just mentioned that Zero Two is someone that needed a man to be cured. Literally the same the for yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just for mm-hmm. homosexuality, right? It's just right. And I can see that, like, I can see that being another case where they just don't realize the implications of what they're saying. I don't think they specifically went out to be like, well, I want, I mean, and this does not excuse it. I right. don't think they, they went out and they're like, well, Mitsuru's gay, and then he and Kokoro get together and he's cured. But, like, I think that they just did not, like, they set up this system of symbols and they didn't think about the implications of it. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter whether it was intentional or not. They implied that Mitsuru was gay and he was cured yeah. by a lovable woman. Love, the only word they weren't allowed to learn. I mean, the, the, the series strongly uh, associates them piloting with sex, right? Right, and yeah, And he wanted exactly. to pilot with Hiro, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. yeah. It speaks for itself, just like Ikuno wanted to pilot with Ichigo. Well, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, because wasn't there a whole situation where... Um, he he not only like he had this promise with hero about piloting yeah, they pilot and then it's just like magically forgotten well no it's i think it, it the way they played it off was like it was a naive promise made among kids hero didn't remember because he got his brain wiped but oh yeah that's uh, right he didn't wiped. remember that and he should have realized that it was impossible from the beginning and it's not really hero's fault of course yeah that. but once again it's like that whole revolving around hero as like the love like because everything it's, it's 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 around him right yeah. Once again, the blandest character is the main one. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even that, I think, Ikuno's... Because, uh, like, she got a scene, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> she gets that the, scene with Ichigo. Oh, man. That's and the Ichigo's angriest thing I've ever been in the series, oh, I think. That's, oh, that's yeah. Scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. Having having an unrequited crush on a guy who already has a girlfriend is totally the same as being a it's lesbian. It's exactly the same as being a lesbian in a world that doesn't recognize 
homosexuality at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. And then they just they never bring it up again. They're well, just no, like, okay. She just and 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 her heart is cured by oh. that by uh, Ichigo's uh, empathy, I guess. Oh yeah. For her situation, she's just like, I know how you're suffering, and and literally that's I guess all Ikuno really needed was to know that somebody understood that she wasn't having a nice time. Oh, but and, it's not enough to save her because she's terminally ill. Right. And oh well, I mean, well that was different. But right? she gets yeah. to be in love with her nurse. I guess yeah. that's more of a barrier gaze thing, right? <laughs> Quote. Yeah. Quote. That's Maybe. A, they uh they just that was just a way to get rid of her so they wouldn't have to address the fact that she was gonna live for the rest of her life without love. I yeah. Guess. Well, it, yeah, but it, it, like I think it it always it ties into this concept, right? Like a girl cannot be cannot be rebellious or quirky or you know different, r- different yeah. right? Unless she's cured by having a normal man in her life. A boy cannot be in a relationship with another boy because that's just wrong. And he needs to be cured by having a very motherly figure in his life because that's what women should be. And then a lesbian just can't be cured, period. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. fuck that. Good luck. You know, <laughs> like, guess, guess you're just, you're fucked. But right? it's okay because she, she got to be helpful by yeah. sacrificing herself yeah. for Prokhorov. Exactly. That was the worst part. Like, Directly that- afterwards, she just became super ganky and wanted to help everybody and, like, a contributing member of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because Ichigo yeah. said, like, oh, yeah, I understand you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, and, that oh, we're not so it. different, you and yeah. I. <gasps> now I see. <laughs> I'm like everyone else. That fixes an entire childhood of feeling emotionally isolated from everyone you know and love. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> should, should we talk about poor, poor Fatoshi? Oh yeah. Now? Oh man. It, it really just hits. Like I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find ways that it wasn't like. <laughs> it was just yeah. so like, and like, listen, I don't want to be like, oh, how could Kokoro leave him? Like she's, you know, she can make her own choices, whatever. Yeah, like, I mean that. It, that by itself mm-hmm. is fine. Yeah, yeah, like he was not like he is not like she is not obligated to to be with him. And if um, you'd done that to Mitsuru or something like that, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was Futoshi, the the fat guy mm-hmm. who was the butt yeah. of every single joke, that was basically just it made it look like yet another situation where it's just like he's fat, so he's not a real person. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, let's have it happen to him because nobody empathizes with Futoshi. That way, yeah, we can he's focus just a funny on guy. Then, drama. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. just like it was so cruel to him. The writing mm-hmm. over and over, like making him like. Be the priest at their wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, that was... <laughs> like, like, why? I yelled, why I yelled at my that? computer screen. Wait, like, I was he, like... Does he deliver their baby? Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't he, remember. He becomes like their priest, right? Yeah, yeah. I know he definitely okay. becomes And the he's priest. like, maybe, I'm yeah, gonna do this. Maybe he delivered baby. Yeah, he wanted to officiate their wedding because he wanted to, like, do that for Kokoro at least or something. Yeah. Well, first they kind of dehumanize him by making him, like, incredibly possessive of Kokoro, right? They're like, oh, like, don't touch my Kokoro-chan. She's like, mm-hmm. better not do anything to her. I was like, first of all, like, f- f- hands off, first yeah. of all. Yeah. Second of all, like, get your shit together. And then they give him an eating disorder. Yeah, which, uh, which just kind of disappears. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I I was just I was wondering for a moment there if they actually planned to do something because that was an intense scene. Yeah, like uh, I, I somebody noticed. I mean, they they showed some like scenes where he was acting weird, mm-hmm. and then somebody noticed that he just wasn't eating at the dinner table. <laughs> and I think he even tries to eat, but he can't keep it down, so he just throws up literally in the middle of the group. Yeah. And somebody like outs him, says you're not eating, and he's like, well, and and he even like said he said he basically implies says the reason Coco didn't let me is because I'm fat, 
and, and all you guys make fun of me because I'm fat. Yeah. So why would I want to be fat? And I'm, I'm not going to eat. And then they just keep making fun of him for Didn't being they, fat. They like ended the scene. It was like a fade to black with all of them looking at Futoshi puking onto the ground and like crying. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was so weird. then they just, the next scene, everyone's acting normally again and they completely forgot that that had happened. That's so weird because it shows to me that they had like mm-hmm. a mental awareness of how they had dehumanized Futoshi and then and wanted to show that they were aware that they dehumanized him, but they didn't want to actually do anything with it. Right. Like, then, it's so strange. Yeah. Like, and then... Is he the only one without, like, a, besides uh, Ikuno that doesn't have, uh, like, a girlfriend in the end, too? No, he oh. gets married. He okay, has, okay, like, okay. five he has, babies. He gets married right. to a and girl he grows who's a never really, seen before. Yeah, and he grows a really bad mustache. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that, that mustache is fucking <laughs> awful. He turns into Paul Blart. That's right, Paul Blart. It's pretty good. I I really liked Gabba's response when she saw us. Like, Patoshi, wipe your fucking face. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... I guess they at least gave him that. But, like, I don't know. Just the whole story treated him like shit. He was always the butt of every joke. And, I mean, it it was, like, transparently because he was fat. They said... they, They literally said in the story that he was the butt of every joke because he's fat. And, and they, they said that, like, among the characters mm-hmm. and all, and also by implication, narratively, mm-hmm. all of the, the, all of the jokes that we've put into the series, he used the butt of them because he's fat as well. Yeah. Uh, and then they just, they're just like, just so you know. Well, there's, there's, <laughs> we'll there's a scene, right? Also, there's... that can have horrible psychological conflict. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, which can lead to eating disorders, just so you know. But, uh, well, we were not going to do anything with that. We just want you to know. Does I, Zorame, like... Like, that's the thing, though. Zorami, like, there's a point in the scene where Zorami's like, you don't, you shouldn't harm yourself because, like, you, you don't, you don't deserve that. And I think he kind of that's bullshit or something. Yeah, it's like a poignant scene because Zorami was the one who was always making those jokes. I was just like, oh, shit, this is going to go somewhere. Zorami's going to get, like, fucking grow up and not make these stupid jokes. (laughs) No, it never happens. He's like, all right, like, I guess you're right. (laughs) And this is the point where it sinks in the... Darling, the Franks yeah. is never going to do anything interesting. Yeah. I guess that was, was that the moment that was supposed to cure Futoshi right there? Was oh, there only going like, you should, really shouldn't do that. It's yeah. bad for you. And he's like, oh shit, it is bad for me. <laughs> I'm cured. I'm cured. <laughs> guess I'll stay fat and continue being the butt of every joke and everyone's not going to treat me differently anyway. Yeah. Even after they've seen like literally the, the negative psychological effects of their years of abuse. But I will get to make babies. So, yeah. you know, that's yeah. clearly But I get a girlfriend in the end yeah. and yeah. we've established narratively that that's the only important thing. <laughs> And then he, he does become a baker. Yeah. Okay. Well, he loves bread. Yeah. They reminded us of that a lot. <laughs> One small thing, I didn't see too many people bring this up, but this scene just pissed me off so bad, mm-hmm. uh, was when Nana comes back, and her disappearance was, oh my god. Oh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. literally her concern for the children's, oh, okay. like, okay, first of all, she's, like, what, in mid-twenties, something like that? Extremely, like... <laughs> prominent secondary sexual characteristics, right? Yeah. Hourglass figure, all that. Uh, and her concern for the children's caused her to spontaneously enter puberty, which <laughs> I don't know why that's a thing. Uh, because, oh, I guess there were former pilots, right? Yeah. But, like, puberty is the time typically mm-hmm. when you, you know, develop, mm-hmm. start getting that hourglass figure, right? Yeah. That's, that's when all the secondary yeah. sexual characteristics develop. Yeah. So... If she's going through puberty, I don't know what she would look like afterward because <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I don't know, 
like near six well, foot the tall. Well, the girl, yeah. like the girls in the show, are already very clearly going through puberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, my understanding well, was that she used to be a pilot. Yeah, right? and she was, I think, from a more standard squad where they they do whatever they do to inhibit your mm-hmm. your gender. I'm I'm assuming that's what the reason was. But at this point, mm-hmm. well, was yeah, it? She's it, been through puberty. It's clear she's been through puberty. Is it less of restricting gender in terms of? like biological like sexual like you know they wouldn't develop you know like the the girls develop like they're, they're pretty yeah. sexual no, yeah. the girls have well, the that's, girls that's have the, the thing, right? emotional like they, yeah. they restrict gender tropes but they don't restrict gender like uh, I mean not gender but like sexual like characteristics well, right? by, by necessity the kids uh, have to be able to re- reproduce right uh, yes right and they but they don't socialize them with gender right. except maybe the main characters that was actually not established right, right. like implied it's like an experimental yeah. implied but then also directly contradicted yeah right. um, mm-hmm. if she was from a normal squad each, yeah. so she would need to be yeah like not not inhibited biologically just socially yeah yeah right so but then there's there's that thing where they're like oh once you reach puberty or like yeah. an age we like Kill wipe you. off your emotions i believe is, is yeah it, oh, maybe like, they, oh i don't have any emotions. emotions right maybe they give them the procedure so emotions, that they uh, yeah. would care so they're incapable of reproducing exactly point. right okay. so they're inhibited sexually they're inhibited emotionally so what the fuck is spontaneous puberty so i think what this <laughs> <laughs> What's what the thing? I think what the the concept of this was is that by interacting with children who are a brought out her natural maternal urges, exactly, which are natural right. and the only reason to live. Yes, and yeah. also because like they are such like they are in their sexual stage of of puberty yeah. that somehow triggers mm-hmm. her like getting emotions, which I can okay, Maybe I kind that's of what they understand call puberty that. now. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know. Well, there, there's... It was a, a throwaway line that made absolutely no sense. Yeah. Right. There we go. It's just, I was like, it's, I've never been so confident that a character had gone through puberty already. <laughs> it's just, it's confusing, because, like, Darlene Franks confuses, like, emotions for sexuality, and then, like, it they just, like, they intertwine, but then they don't, and it's like, I don't know what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like, are you trying to say that we can't have emotions without being sexual? Or are you saying that, like we can be sexual but not have emotions or like I don't understand like where you're going with this and I feel like she is like the perfect representation of that confusion because like like you said right she comes back and yeah, that might be very telling about I mean I don't want to imply anything about like the understanding of yeah yeah uh, of that kind of stuff by the right. writers but it does raise some questions it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit well, like, there's that point where she she's in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. We have no well, fucking clue what happened. Yeah, oh my, yeah. They, lock, <laughs> they locked her in a cell for gender crimes, and when she finally gets out, she's in a wheelchair. Right. But that, that so that's that's the, the But then she can get out of the wheelchair. But then she gets out of the wheelchair. So she's in a wheelchair for that episode. Yeah. Uh, she's, they don't, they don't bother explaining why she's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah, but then she sees a crying child and finds the strength to get out of her wheelchair. Maternal instincts, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I, just, I assume it's just like uh, anybody in a wheelchair, it's just a lack of motivation is what it really is. Yeah. So, uh, and it seemed like such a throwaway moment, like literally could have not been in the series at all. Probably could have like spent some more time showing us mech battles or something like that. Mm-hmm. Don't know why she got that character moment. Don't even know why they really brought her back because she didn't really do she too much. She didn't do anything. So it's like... She they, had, she was there to be moved. Yeah. They well, just, the they thing. specifically brought her back and yeah. gave her three minutes of screen time <laughs> so they could be ableist, it seemed like. Well, I think it's, it brings us back to that maternal point, right? Like for example, like we, we've established that the Darling and the Franks kids, once again, restrictive on gender tropes not restrictive on sexual like budding and then 
not restrictive on emotional budding as well. And then you have this this character who has been depleted or stripped of being in a like having sexual feelings, but being with kids evokes this motherly response because that's what women should be. They like that's that's the proper mm-hmm. figure of mothers, right? A, a woman is to be a, a mother. So yeah. it kind of once again goes like takes ten steps back. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I guess okay. like if you n- understand your like your position in society, like you're and firmly work with gender tropes as being like a mom in society, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, you can get emotional. She like, finally finished her puberty. Yeah, she yeah. finally I finished just, her puberty into yeah. a mom. I just want to say like that and that conception, the idea that women are naturally maternal that we are naturally good at keep at being kids no. <laughs> at, 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 at taking care of kids like that is that pisses me off so bad yeah. because that is a major part of what is keeping my profession mm-hmm. teaching preschool teaching toddlers that's what keep, is keep, keeps it from being more of a respected position Absolutely. like because it's like oh well like why is why would we consider this skilled labor why would we consider this a difficult job that you need training mm-hmm. and that you need knowledge like specific Absolutely. knowledge to do mm-hmm. if it's just something that comes naturally to you as a, as, as a woman mm-hmm. and it's like it's so frustrating no I, um because it is a job that requires a lot of specialized knowledge and like and i'm pretty sure like the situation with daycare teachers and elementary school teachers in japan is has a lot of parallels to that attitude as well as in the u.s I mean, I think you can even extend that mentality to... We were talking, discussing before about how Zero Two becomes, like, less interesting of a character. Or mm-hmm. many of the things that made her so appealing or interesting are just kind of slowly, like, stripped away. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is, like... I wouldn't say she's maternal, but a lot of those characteristics are emulative of, like, oh, like, I'll take care of you. Oh, like, we'll complete this together. Who's going to be there for hero if not me? Right, and it's just like right, right, like it, it kind of like self, like angry women are just there because they're selfish, exactly, and, and right. they need to learn to not be selfish, and then they'll be happy, and then they'll be tame, right? Yeah. And like the, her relationship with the cast, which, which once again is actually not an issue I have. I like that. I like that. At first, like she didn't, she couldn't get along with the cast, mm-hmm. and then her getting along with Ichigo is actually one of the coolest things I actually like about the show. Is like Ichigo being like, well, like outside of Hero and whatever the fuck you mm-hmm. have with him. I can respect you as, like, a colleague. Right. Um, which I wish was something they could have explored a little mm-hmm. further in, but, you know, whatever. But once she does get to know the cast, she's also taken. Yeah, like, like it's like she started, when, once she, like, starts chilling out being with Hero, then instantly she connects with the girls so much more strongly. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden she, she is there with them, like, you know, doing each other's hair. Yeah. And like, There's that know, like before this, she couldn't connect with them. Right. And it's just like, oh, well, girls, like... It would always appear as if being a human as a girl means being a, being a motherly or mm-hmm. empathetic figure. Right, like, but, it, and it, it makes me feel like it, it, it's very complicated with the whole, like, I'm not like other girls thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, with... Right. As, but at the same time, like, growing up, being kind of like a nerdy girl, being mm-hmm. kind of a weird girl. There were a lot of times where like I would be in groups of like like normie girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I I wouldn't I would have a lot of trouble connecting to them mm-hmm. because they they talked a lot about stuff that I didn't really have any interest in oh, interest yeah. in. Like Absolutely. it you know, it's 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 not just a matter of I'm not like other girls. It's like I do not share interest with these 
with these mainstream feminine, in, you know, the mainstream feminine interests. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so like when she's not able to connect to the other girls, not because she's not like them, but mm-hmm. just because she doesn't have common ground with them, I could connect to that. But the moment that she, like I said, the moment she gets with Hero, like settles her issues with Hero and mm-hmm. fe- realizes she's that she, she's, then she she's, totally gets along with the other she's girls. Cured. There you but go. Like, it, it, it's, 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 Did yeah. you ever think about the fact, though, that her entire narrative also conflicts with the general message of the story? Because the only point, the only way you're be able to be happy is by reproducing, right, which mm-hmm. she's incapable mm-hmm. of. And she's also on her quest to become human, and it frames to becoming human as being part of the community, not right. reproducing. Well, why? Oh. So she effectively becomes human, they say, despite the fact that she can't do the things that are fundamentally considered to be you what comprises a human. a really good point, which I actually yeah. didn't think about, which is, so, like you said, she's kind of doomed in that sense. Mm-hmm. But, I and I, I don't know if you know this, but at the very end of the last episode... She and Hero figuratively die, but because they love each other so much, they are reincarnated reincarnated on Earth yeah. as human beings. Yeah, but so she does get her happy ending yeah, because she, she's going she to be a human. Be human. But, I mean, and she gets three. There's a few more steps in the process. <laughs> the, thing yeah. was, the thing was, there was nothing to imply that she would not have been happy had it not mm-hmm. been the fact that she needed to fight some sort of intergalactic threat and die. Like, <laughs> if that hadn't happened, she was perfect. She was now, although they could always walk it back a fifth time, perfectly happy with this community of, of pilots, mm-hmm. and she felt like she was part of them, and there was no problem. In fact, they loved each other more than just about anybody else did, despite the fact that they couldn't reproduce. So had not she needed to fight uh, the Verm, I guess, uh, then, then she never would have died, and they probably would have lived happily ever after anyway, right? Well, I think we firmly established that I think Darling the Franks has an issue or a consistency of being inconsistent with yeah. its yeah with its follow up. That's also true hey. of the Claxosaurs because they were considered to be more human than oh, humans I are even now. Know Although, what the Claxosaurs was about? Well, because they think they're like they're like I I mentioned this earlier like there are parallels between what Hero and Zero Two become with. Uh, the giant woman robot thing and him piloting her off into space and like the claxosaurs going underground and like the females becoming these like big monster things and the males mm-hmm. like are the nerve center basically like the, the part that lights up on the angler fish that used to yeah. be the male fish no yeah. no that didn't used to be the male fish that's like they're like stick to like the gonads it's oh, okay. crazy yeah. angler fish are weird I have said, it is it I is did. very angler fish sorry though. for misrepresenting angler fish biology <laughs> Um, but, I mean, it's kind of a catch-22, because you'd like a story to have internal consistency, but if the message is that you fundamentally cannot be happy unless you want to reproduce, and that if you are a woman or a man, you have specific roles that cannot be impinged upon, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of also okay that the writing's mm-hmm. not good, uh, because the worse they are at trying mm-hmm. to justify that sort of logic, probably the better. Yeah. So, in that way, I definitely have mixed feelings about the writing. Hey guys, this yeah. is this doesn't have to do with like gender stuff, but another drop plotline is like, oh, what about like Ikino's whole crisis about like, oh, the pilots before us died. Like it looked like they were going to do something with that, and Zero Two is like, oh, they're all doomed. They're all gonna die. Like yeah. so, my my reading of that was once again, I'm so bad at remembering names, but okay, the woman who was being a motherly figure to the children, Nana, Nana. Yeah. So my understanding was, yeah, yeah. So that she was an yeah. exception mm-hmm. to the rule in the sense that if the kids aren't successful, they are either killed off or they are stripped of their sexual reproductive issues and 
also their feelings for each other, and that's why they, like... Well, and they're refrigerated. Yeah, they're refri- they're basically refrigerated. Yeah, Wait. I think the idea is when they're about to hit puberty, <laughs> they're just like, okay, we're done with you now. Mm-hmm. You can either become a, oh my god, it's yeah. just like the Promised Neverland. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler can, alert! Yeah. <laughs> you can you can either be killed or become a parent. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can be like an old woman that lives her dreams by like I don't know, like virtual reality, like. I don't know what the hell. It I was. mean, I don't think it was even virtual reality. I think it was just like a stimulating the hap- the pleasure centers of the brain. Oh yeah, yeah, the the, the happiness machines. Yeah, have. and is that that they sort of uh, qualify that that's bad as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just but you're not living life. That episode was so confusing. It, it was just, just like the, yeah, it yeah, just a lot of half baked ideas. Mm-hmm. That just deflate. <laughs> they're baked. They're baked halfway to completion, then they deflate again. They fall like a bad. Super I'd like egg. to believe that the writing's bad because there's literally no good way to write that because it is in fact uh, bad, just incorrect Dumb. and bad. And yeah. There's no way to justify that sort of line of thinking. Well, so I just and I'm 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 going off of very hard assumptions because I I haven't really kept a track of the production process of Darling and the Franks, but going on the very legitimate Wikipedia page, uh, I see multiple writers for Darling and the Franks, and I'm not sure if that might mm-hmm. be a contributing issue to why it felt so uneven, but um, it definitely felt at points like pe- different people were writing mm-hmm. different parts of a story. Right. Um, I mean, I mean it, that's pretty it, common in like, anime, like, though. Like, I, yeah, it, d- might, it might be. In, I'm, I'm not sure. Is it different, like people doing series comp, multiple people doing series composition, or is it multiple people doing scripts? Because I believe, if I go back, it is written by, and the list follows Atsushi Nishigori, Naotaka Hayashi, Masahiko Otsuka, Rino Yamazaki, and Hiroshi Seko. So I don't know if right. these are. Listed as primary writers? It, it is, it says, yeah. Yeah, because, like, it's. Um, I would probably go to A and N for that mm-hmm. because they specifically list the series comp like they're more specific mm-hmm. in the absolutely listings because I believe Nishigori was doing series composition, which mm-hmm. is basically like you know the well that flow is of, the it, flow of the series that like, is the one who's supposed to keep it all together yeah like <laughs> so, and listen yeah, if that's the yeah. case if he's the one yeah, then yeah. it's on then it's on him yeah like, like uh, but, but again, if these all these like but anime yeah. is a collaborative medium yeah, yeah but yeah, I mean. I, I, I'm pretty, I, I think, I'm, I'm going to say I believe what Evan says. I have no reason to believe he's lying. Right. I don't know. But uh, the, the one thing he really emphasized that was that Nishigori was like the primary creative yeah. force behind the anime. So. Yeah. I mean, we could probably speculate not to like, on this. Not to just go like, it's your fault or anything like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, it's hard to say. We can speculate this all we want. But yeah. I, I think the, 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 end, the end result, which feels very like affirmative for all of us, is that the mm. show felt extremely uneven to the point where like I felt... There was just there was an immediate conflict mm-hmm. of interests and ideas across the entire right. show. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, so. I think it's pretty much time for us to wrap up. Yeah. So. Did we miss anything? Did we miss anything? Is I there anything you want? Like we feel we. I've, I feel like we scratched the surface. <laughs> I know. So much. But we could, like, we could we could we could talk about this all hours. hours. I feel like uh, I I think I got all the main themes I wanted to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, of course, I, I feel like we could have. In an hour, there's only so much you could do. You yeah. can definitely go by like an episode by episode or event by event mm. sort of description on. No, I think the only no. thing, no. yeah, yeah, I like, want to talk about is lastly is just Coker's pregnancy, like oh, the whole. Yeah. So, for example, <laughs> the whole thing, the whole <laughs> thing. 
Uh, the whole idea that she can't pilot the Franks when she's pregnant. Even though she does. Even though she does. Yeah. Yeah. She also has a kid whom she names after I. Oh, yeah. I, which she was never taught. The word Um, we were never taught. Right? And the baby then has the ability to, like, mentally, like, link itself with god knows what like i don't i don't even know like i'm not even gonna pretend like i understand the, the deep lore of darling in the franks the first baby born in a thousand years oh yes <laughs> right but like the just the implications of like wow like it's amazing mm-hmm. this is a miracle what a miracle child this right. is a miracle and, and positioning and i mean positioning uh something that is absolutely the power establishment's like what they want you to do and presenting it taking that and presenting it as something that is subversive mm-hmm. and rebellious mm-hmm. is so like shitty yeah well, that's something we that's, didn't really that's, talk about and that's, yeah. yeah they basically well, talked about that, how the status quo mm-hmm. is is like the rebel faction yes right. thing. Yeah. and I'm working on an article about that um <laughs> So, mind you, this is after Mitsuru and Kokoro have been brainwashed and don't have any, like, feelings for each other, but they reach, like, emotional conclusion by having a child. You can't stop love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. You can't stop it. This, this isn't the princess part, Right. Which is by and far he, like, much col- better. He collapses when he finds out. He's like, what am I going to do? It's like, yeah. A, how do you know it's yours? Yeah. B, like, <laughs> yeah, be like, why, like, why are you acting like a a 16 year old who found out his high school girlfriend is pregnant yeah. instead of like a, a 14 year old who has no concept of parenthood like also, how did they learn i'm like like kokoro yeah. finds a book but yeah. does, does that really teach them how to fuck because like i like let's let's be real like it, it was yeah, just like no, oh let's just like you know what it is it was instinct because all people oh, have oh that's right yes yeah, sorry how to do that. yeah 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 yeah. That was also something I was, like, very confused about. I was like, so you guys don't know what love is, but mm-hmm. you guys manage to have sex. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really understand how that works right. out, but sure. Okay. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, Kokoro's pregnancy is sort of going into the politics yeah. of of childbirth, of the decision of whether or not to have a child is, unfortunately, that is one of those things that should be politically neutral, but is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and because nothing is politically neutral. Um <laughs> And, like, yeah, it's definitely, like, it, it's, like, oh, it is so, like, brave to have a baby when mm-hmm. no one else, when no one says you should have a baby. Isn't teen pregnancy swell, guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just fantastic all around. Um, Feel and good yeah. for that baby, being the first one born in, like, so many... No not, one's gonna know how to handle <laughs> yeah, fucking like, baby. Why is it screaming so much? I don't know what to do. Well, I guess they raise, like, genetic babies. But even then, there's no, there's no... I guess is the say is the baby being psychic supposed to mean that a baby born naturally just has superpowers that a baby made in a test tube could not possibly <laughs> approach? Were these all like sub, like down. like not not they didn't have the strength of real humans fighting off these aliens? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just love that of all the people that we spent the time with in this show, it's a baby and not the entire cast that we literally spent twenty four episodes establishing friendship relationships with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. is the one that's like oh. Hero and Zero Two are in trouble, and we need to save them. And we should just all hold hands and tell them to come back and clap if you believe in fairies. <laughs> and I think that's probably the most unsatisfying thing. Is like, okay, so you, you you brought forth this miracle into the world, and now they're just going to be a giant plot device, or like just to to get Hero and Zero Two to fight one more time. Hero TP. Yeah. 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 But that, yeah, that's basically the only thing I felt like was 
Uh, should be addressed. I ship Darling in the Franks with neural pruning. <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. It seems like you're already working on that one. I know. It's like, like I said, I I completely forgot. Like I came back from AX, I was exhausted. I was like, man, what's what's one show I can just knock out of the park before the next season starts? I was like, oh yeah, Darling to Franks had a final episode, and I watched it. I finished it. I was like, that was great. And I went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> it is worth mentioning. Like, I mean, this this series has a ton of defenders. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, We're gonna... And it was mega popular, mm-hmm. but I think near the end, it, like nobody could really. Even the most ardent fans were having trouble justifying the... Yeah, the, the, the insane plot twist. Yeah, you could see that its popularity was falling off, mm-hmm. although it remained controversial and got a ton of uh, extra comments and stuff. The article I wrote about it earlier in the first season, there was only, like, one or two comments that got through, because, like, on our on our site, like, 90%... Per- I, we got a ton of comments on it, but most of them were abusive. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you could see that shit on ANN too. Yeah. I think Jake even uh, tweeted that... Uh, you could tell, like, uh, comparative popularity probably by just the amount of reads where mm-hmm. Tokyo Ghoul, like, would completely blew Darling of the Franks out of the water. But Darling of the Franks had, like, 800 times more comments. So. Yeah. Yeah. Is this show designed for discourse? But hey, you know, it's it's done and... and we'll see how those BD sales go, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Shall I play us out? Let's do it. Thank you for listening to our podcast episode about Darling in the Franks. If you haven't already been there, our website is, and of course, I almost forgot. Thank you for thank you to Natasha oh, for joining thank, us. Thank you for bringing me on board. Um, so if you don't already know about it somehow, our website is animefeminist.com. And we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash animefeminist. If you can donate even a dollar a month, that is super helpful to the site. It has made it possible for us to break even, to pay all of the writers and editors, and there's still so many things that we want to do. We want to make the site more accessible. Uh, We want to be able to uh, travel to conventions and be able to bring you guest interviews. Whatever you can give, even a dollar a month, it adds up, and it's super helpful in making Anime Feminist even better. We also have uh, quite a few social media accounts. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Anime Feminist, on Tumblr, at Anime Feminist, and on Facebook on, here's the twist, at Anime Femme. So, come visit us, uh, drop us a note, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And I think that concludes our episode. Thanks for listening, Annie Fam. Mm-hmm.